night with little to no insulation in this sound booth. Might as well throw another narrator log into the furnace. The fools. They all laughed at me, passing up on that salary raise for an extra 250 pounds of lumber annually. Who's laughing now? The world is run on wood. Look at all these beautiful mantles of oak, and these wooden shoes I'm wearing, and wooden jewelry. A king among the beavers, they call me. Oh yes, welcome to the slanted hallway. It's spooky, and it's made of wood. I digress. Tonight's tale is actually a writing script. That's right, from time to time, the slanted hallway has opened up the opportunity for a young amateur writer to send in their scripts for the chance to hear them performed here and come to Radio Play Live. Also, I don't have to pay them, and a good excuse to not pay our staff writers for the week. And I keep my lumber. Win, win, win. The writing script was sent in all the way from England by ten-year-old Clive Barker. Hmm, ten years old in English. Well, hopefully the spelling mistakes and the references to the Queen are a minimum. The slanted hallway presents the Jazz Bound Hard. Queen, I love whether you want this sofa here. Hmm. Maybe in the living room? Oh, I don't know. What do you think, Julie? Yes, the living room. Perfect. My brilliant wife. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> How could I be so silly? <laughs> Man, look at all these jazz instruments. It's like a regular uh, Muddy Waters rehearsal in here. <laughs> Watch out for that oboe. Oops. Uh, I guess my uh, late brother uh, won't mind too much. <laughs> Can't play jazz in the uh, heavens, I don't think. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yes, but it's too early for that sort of nonsense. Ignore it. Oh, well. Uh, oh, oh, my dear, uh, your, your bags. Uh, let me bring them up uh, uh, into our newish home. Okay. Oh, oof. <laughs> These bags are a little uh, hefty. That's all right, Michael. Come on. Come on. Michael. I got this. I got it. I got it. Here we go. Michael. Go, 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 go. Okay, Michael, finish up now. I can do it, I can do it. Okay. Whew. Got off the first flight. <laughs> well, first step. But, uh, now the second. Michael, let the movers take care of our bags. Please, mate. This is just pathetic to watch. But I do enjoy watching and not doing my job, so cheerio! Ah, oh boy. I'm sorry, Julie. I guess I was trying to impress you uh, with my (laughs) 
physical prowess. Oh, Michael, you know that's not the reason I married you. Huh. Well, what is the reason, then? Let's save that for another time. Cryptic. I love it. That's why I married you. <laughs> yes. Super. I gotta say, this place <laughs> is much larger than I remembered. Uh, honestly, the, the house has more <laughs> vaulted ceilings than the Vatican. They are quite high. It still seems a little morbid to be moving into your late brother's cool pad. I mean, home. <sighs> we, we, we've been over this, Julie. Uh, the house has been in our family for years, and it's only right that its ownership remain in the family with me. <laughs> I know it's kind of weird to move into my older brother's place, but it could be fun, you know? Uh, hey, <laughs> look at this uh, this funny hat I found. <laughs> well, look, I look like a mover. <laughs> hey, give me my hat back! Uh, yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, I, I, I know it's a little weird, too, considering uh, how close you and my brother were, you know? Me and Frederick, hardly. We only spent a couple of occasional evenings together every week while you were on business trips. Moonlit walks on the beach with his hand in mine and the other on his instrument. Huh. His, his axe. Pouring his music into my willing body. Also, we went to the same dentist, Dr. Falcone. But apart from that, no, we weren't very close. That's odd. I didn't know dentists could be doctors. But hey, you learn something new every day. <laughs> God, I'm blessed. I suppose you are, but so was Freddy. The way he played his axe could melt an audience. Oh, and his scatting, the scatting. Oh, I I can't bear it. The scatting that would erupt from his beautiful lips. Ecstasy. Oh, boy, howdy. You sure were a fan of my old brother's uh, playing, huh? <laughs> yeah, he was a true blue master of jazz. Mother and father never really approved, but it was hard to deny his talent. Uh, his obsession with the music, really. And, well, unfortunately, it took him to some dark places. I mean, it's safe to assume he's definitely dead after his disappearance all those, you know, months ago, the, the night of the big, uh, you know, show at the... Oh, I, if you two are done with the exposition dump, I'm ready to dump these boxes in the foyer. It's tea time, love. Tea time? How exotic! <laughs> Sweetie, here, really quick, take a photo of me with the funny British person. You know I'm British too, Michael. <laughs> wow, neat. <laughs> Say cheese, everybody. And they never said cheese. So far, I'm seeing the merits of this write-in-script scheme we cooked up here. Our married couple, it seems, are blindly stumbling into the dark recesses of the slanted hallways. Corners. Yes. I suppose hallways can have corners. And what they might find may change their very view of the fragile aspects we consider reality. Or it could be a jazz ghost. See, that's one of the flaws of these write-in scripts. The quality of these things ranges violently. I mean, what is this Anglo-Saxon nonsense? This English writer is trying to push on us sensible Americans. Tea time? God forbid if any of my writers had the gall to ask for such an unrestricted break period. Why, I take one of these longer pieces of lumber and beat their senses back into them. But not this one. This should burn nicely. Oh, the beautiful burning coals. 
They're dancing for me, listeners. Everyone dances for the narrator. Our story continues as Michael's faithful wife, Julie, makes a shocking discovery. Oof. Oof. Uh, oof. Uh, I gotta lay on this sofa. I am exhausted watching all those British movers slog that furniture up those two flights of stairs. <laughs> I hope they don't mind uh, getting paid in a pound of American quarters as a tip. <laughs> I love it. The joke seemed lost on them at the time. Oh, nice zinger, hun. I'm feeling the burn on that one. <laughs> right. Oh, it looks like they forgot to bring this box up of my childhood toys and memories to the attic. Michael, would you mind? I would if I could, sweetie, but uh, my dogs are barking, and you know, it's my nap time. <laughs> and if I don't get my quiet time and apple juice, I'm going to be testy for the rest of the day. Fine, I'll do that too then. Michael, after you nap, we should talk about us in general. <laughs> Apple juice, please. Fine. Here we are. Now, where to stow away this box of repressed wonderful moments? Maybe next to that attractive-looking slot machine. Wait, what is that? It looks like Friedrich's old sacks, but with so many chains and hooks. Nah, babe, don't touch that now. Ah! Oh my god! Shh! Quit the screaming, and don't look at me, Julie Bell. Uh, what? No one ever called me Julie Bell except... Oh my god, Frederick, is that you? You're so desiccated! Oh, come on, baby, now you're gonna give me a complex. I told you not to look at me. And also, what's this Frederick junk? It's me, Freddy Dubabadi-Dubabadi-Dubabadi-Dubabadi-Dubabadi-Dubabadi-Dubabadi-Dubabadi-Dubabadi-Dubabadi-Dubabadi-Dubabadi-Dubabadi-Dubabadi-D
sun of this square globe we call the Earth, you dig? Yes, I am still digging and drumming. Out of sight. I thought I'd gone to the musical limits of the ear's experience. But I hadn't, baby. I discovered this axe. The lament saxophone animation ex mortis. I played it and opened the doors to a place that was truly out of sight. Cleveland. Close. It was more like a jazz heaven and hell dimension. More like Orleans. These crazy cats. They gave me an experience beyond limits. Jazzy pain, jazzy pleasure, indivisible. Also, someone was playing the xylophone and it didn't sound bad, but it didn't sound good either. It was all kinds of confusing. You see, the place gave me a rash and I was Splitsville. I dragged my way out that hole and snuck around them pesky hell cops while they were on a smoke break. Hell cops? Yep. The biggest squares in the universe. Anyhow, I lost all my jazz essence crawling my way back into my cool pad, babe. And that's why I look like so much chewed shoe leather. Also, I stole these pens off someone's desk. And this mug that says, number two, dad, made me laugh. <laughs> you dig? Still digging? Did you say jazz essence? Oh, yeah, baby Bill. Those cats stripped me of most of it. But that's where you come in. I need your unsolicited help, my old paramour. Freddy, how am I supposed to help? Besides maybe putting a blanket over you to make it a little easier to talk to you directly without looking at your hideous... Nah, nah, Julie Bell. You gotta help me get my... <coughs> my groove back, girl. Get Freddy's jazzy essence flowing again. I can't remain in this beef jerky form for long. This is all so insane. But what do you need, Freddy? Java. A new suit, and a bigger, wider brim hat, maybe a deep-fried Mars bar, and a couple young jazz musicians I can suck the life out of. What? That's a light maybe to the first three quarters of requests, but that last quarter is a hard no, Freddy. I can't go along with the murders of several young musicians for their jazz essence. Why not? You know, I never thought about it before. Come on, Julie Bell. Stop goofing. You and I both know my limp simp of a little bee, Michael. Ain't satisfying your musical needs. Not like Freddy. That's not fair. Michael one time tried to write a new birthday song, and that was creative. I don't know I see your point. He does seem to lack that certain passion you always drenched me in. Sweetie, are you still in the attic? What's that drumming noise? Oh, Michael, so sorry, dear. I keep dropping your coconut collection. Oh, okay. Can I still get my apple juice? And then dinner? And then 
watch exactly, exactly one hour of cartoons and then story slash bedtime. Yes, yes, Michael, I'll be there in a minute. Man, this cat ain't no jazzy hound. Not like me. Woof, woof. Give this doggy a bone and give me some sax players and then you and I can pick up where we left things off, you dig? Not this time, Freddy. I don't dig. What we had was exciting and passionate and wonderful and some of the best sex of my life. Constantly. Unending, it seemed. But it was ultimately wrong. It was behind Michael's back, and even though he's not perfect, I I made a promise to be faithful to him in marriage and to never murder a bunch of aspiring musicians to resurrect any of our family members. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the wedding. So you understand why I have to put the conga down now? Oh, come on. Don't do this to old Freddy, baby. I have to. It isn't fair to Michael. And you know what? I'm going to actually make it work tonight at dinner. You'll see. I'm going to reignite the spark that set our glowing marriage aglow. I'm going to bake the most wonderful ham that's ever been cooked, and that will ring in the lost passion between me and Michael. How's the ham, dear? Hmm? Oh! Yeah, that's pretty good. Hmm. I'll be right back. Okay, how many musicians do we need? Uh, wowee, uh, lady, you sure have a nice place. Uh, a lot better than that, uh, hollowed-out oak tree. I've been sleeping in since my folks uh, kicked me out for playing, well, uh, well, you know. That jazz devil music. I know it well, Pitchfork. I know it well. Most folks call me Pitch, but uh, if you want to call me Patrick, I'm not against that neither. But uh, I do have a list of things I'm against here, if you want, uh, want me to flip through. I call it my little Pitchfork Manifesto. That's simply great, Pitch, simply. But the producer I told you about is still waiting to meet you, and his time is very, very short. Oh, I see. You want me to read it uh, out to you? Okay. Uh, number one, squares, not a fan. Number two, cubes. They're like a whole uh, dimension, a square. Okay, okay, Pitch, we don't have time for the whole manifesto. Just put your coat over here and follow me up to the studio. Over here? On this heap of coats and shoes and suitcases? And jewelry? Are those gold tooth fillings? Yes, I I like to have different fashion options when I go out. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure you can pull off wearing all these spare teeth, but, uh, what do I know, huh? I've been sleeping in a tree for a month, uh, in between gigs, yeah. The life of a young jazz musician can be hard. Yes, ma'am, and the Pope wears a, 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 a bigger hat and likes grapes. There's a no, that's a no-brainer there, I tell you that much, uh-huh. 
it's uh, tough, all right. I mean, some nights I don't even uh, get to go on stage because some uh, mob affiliate has burnt down the, the venue uh, for insurance. That's happened to me three times in a row this week. Uh, but uh, I keep at it because I'm young and I suppose uh, dumb and, uh, and I says I'm filled with some kind of uh, essence that when I uh, put my lips to this trumpet here, it's like music, baby. Here, let me give you a taste here. That's all wonderful to hear, Pitchfork. And uh, and I mean, dripping with this essence. Uh, look, look at just uh, seeping out, out out of the palms of my hands. Sorry about your flaws. Oh Lord, it's it's congealing in my eyes. Yes, yes, I can see that, and don't worry about that. I have a man who can come by and sop that up in a little bit. It's funny, this place does feel familiar. Like uh, one of the old timers I play with from time to time, EJ Fatsy Liver, would would talk about this cool pad and Don, and, and uh, he and he and uh, these other cats uh, would would chill out. Uh, Freddy something. Um, say Pitchfork, I just checked my watch and we should hurry. We're running out of time for this meet and greet. Oh, right. The whole reason I'm even here. Cool. Once again, I would like to thank you for this wonderful and uh, very, very real opportunity to play in a professional jazz band on the moon there. No, thanks really are not necessary. I just saw you dripping all over the place, and I knew that the producer of the Luna Jazz Quartet, Mr. Real Big Time, would love to meet you and see what you can do with jazz in a lower gravity. Well, if it's anything like playing upside down in an oak tree, charming all the squirrels out of their nuts... I think I might be ready for the moon time. Right. Just up one more flight here. Wow, this is a lot more cramped of a space than I thought NASA would have for a music studio. Uh, uh, also, where, where, where are the robots? Oh, strange they should be zipping around in here. No, there's no zipping robots. Just a lot of dried-up jazz musician corpses. I'm sorry. Our cleaning lady is very unprofessional. That's all right. Hey, that looks like my good pal Donford Sassy Pants. And over there, Six Finger Pete. Wait now. Wait, wait a minute here. I should have picked up on this earlier. You weren't wearing a watch. How, 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 how would you know we were late then? Now what's going on here? All right. Enough of this charade. Let's tango, baby. Oh my god, it's Phil Spector. You wish. Nah, it's me. Freddy Dubabidi. All right, all right, I get it now. In any case, I'm prepared to die now. Okay then. Give me that essence, boy. Oh, you hear that? Perfect pitch. Nicely done, Freddy, but... No buts, baby. I'm looking for a... what? The attic is starting to get a little overrun with dried-out human corpses and rats who've decided to make a colony up here and nibble on said corpses. Oh, no, no, doll. These rats here. Sure, they started out as pests. But now I got that essence flowing back into me. I've turned them into some cool, cool cats who technically are still rats. Know how to hang an eight to the bar. 
How's it living, Freddy? Oh, man. Out of sight. It's my new band leader, Big Rats Johnson. Any nifty. Hey, Rats, mind loading me up with a sidecar? You got it. And for the doll, maybe a noodle juice? <laughs> yes, a tea would be wonderful, thank you, Rats. But about the bodies, Freddy. Oh, yeah, well, maybe we'll hire a big six to throw these bodies in a hole or something. Dang, why, I gotta think of everything. How about you just dip your bill and chill? I can't, Freddy. This is all starting to get a little out of hand. I mean, we have nine dead fellas and talking rats now. Here you are, Julie. This juice is the rat's meow. Thank you, but you get my point, right? How many more players do you need before you're 100% Freddy again? Yeah, I follow. Maybe a couple more. Look, my eyebrows haven't fully come back, and those are the windows of the human soul. I can't be seen without them. I'd look like a sap. All right, fair enough. Just a couple more players. What does it matter at this rate, I guess? But we, we do have to hurry. It's only a matter of time before Michael gets suspicious. Oh, oh, you slay me. That flat tire. Michael ain't got the sense to put together a model train. But Freddy, he's a model train enthusiast. Ah, oh. Hey, sweetie, uh, I don't want to bug you. Uh, I know you've been taking on extra work as a lady of the night, and uh, you like to take your johns upstairs, but something doesn't add up. Uh, you know, or, like, why do these fellas you keep sexually pleasing every night leave all their coats and suitcases in here and it... it oh, my God! Oh, man, this square... Michael! I know it looks bad, but try being fair with me for once and agree that it might look kind of good. Freddy, you're still alive. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, yeah, I'm kicking. How you doing, little Mikey? I am fantastic now that my big brother is here. <laughs> what are you doing in the attic with my wife and all these dead bodies and talking rats? Giggle water? Oh, no, 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 no thanks. It's uh, too early for a drink. Uh, well, Michael, we were planning a surprise party and then most of the party died? Wait, really? No, not really. I can't keep this up, Michael. I've been unfaithful to you. What? Uh, what do you mean, Julie? Remember our wedding vows? Well, yes. Uh, I, Michael Lichtenstein, vow to always be faithful and promise to never abandon my love, Julie. And I, Julie Lichtenstein, vow to always be faithful as well and to never murder a bunch of aspiring musicians to resurrect any of our family members, even for a really close family. Oh, Julie. You didn't. I did. I'm sorry, and I'm being honest about that. I am sorry. I should have been more vocal in my frustrations with us as a, as a couple. I just thought I could solve our issues by baking that perfect ham dinner. The one that was pretty good? That same one, but if anything, that was just me avoiding my emotions and then... Murdering all these young men was me continuing to avoid the truth. I'm not happy being with you, Michael. But now the wheels are turning in my head, and I don't think I want to be with you either, Freddy. What? You were saying before how goofy you were for me. Now come on, get your glad rags on and let's hit the town. No, Frederick, I'm not grabbing my rags. I'm grabbing the axe. Phonus, Balonus. You're talking jive, Julie Bell. Wait, 
What are you doing with the lament saxophone animation exploits? Something I should have done a long time ago. You know, like, before I helped you suck the life out of all those people. I'm ending this charade with the two of you Lichtenstein boys. I'm going to finally be my own woman in a hell-jazz dimension, I guess. No, don't put your lips on that axe. Socks, you played it, we came, and now you're going downtown. Okay, Butterball, load him up in the party wagon. Oh man, this is unreal, you dig. You've got a lot to answer for down at the station. Stealing a pen like that off a desk? Also, thinking you could escape the hell realm and us. Nice try, Freddy Boo Boo Badoo. Yeah, yeah, I know my long dumb name. Hey, watch it with those hooks. You're wrinkling my zoot, you pinhead. Don't be calling me a pinhead now. Hit him with the baton, butterball. Ow! Hey, man, I got rights. You tell that to the judge, pal. All right, missus, you're coming with us, too. You do the axe and you get it, too. So long, Michael! My god. I lost both my brother and my wife all in one foul swoop to a bunch of demon hell cops. I've I've lost everything. Everything. Truly was an unavoidable tragedy. I mean, just look at you. You was asking for it. Yeah, fair enough, rats, but that doesn't make me feel any better. Now, uh... Now what am I supposed to do with myself? After essentially seeing my entire life go up in smoke. About that. Me and the boys were talking it over, and I think it was Theodore and Alvin who came up with an idea of maybe putting together some holiday albums. We'd like to release them, but we might need a human to rep us since record labels don't like working with, you know, pests. Well, hot dog. Yeah, I- I'll be your rep. And you can call me Dave. All right. It's weird you'd change your name, but whatever. This is great. Now I don't have to die. I get to live. Live a life of meaning. I'm alive. What took you so long? Whatever. Grab his wallet and let's cheese it. There you have it, listeners. The thrilling conclusion to The Jesmond Heart. An ending that truly fits in the slanted hallway. The cops save the day, and the man's life is changed by a group of talking rats forever. And in the end, we learn marriage was the real monster all along. Also jazz. Yes, these are all things this episode makes points about. Thank you, little Barker, for the script. You're still British and therefore disgusting. Uh, Tune in next week, dear listeners, for another tale of horror and intrigue. Or another one of these stories the writers keeps pushing on me. 
for the last time, we're never going to do a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court but with puppets. I'm so tired of this argument. Now leave me all of you this night to my precious wood. Here's an idea, though. A whole planet made of wood. And there's space monks who live on it. And they're hunted by an alien. Perfect. Have it on my desk by next week, you writers. Good night and pleasant nightmares. (laughs) 